because Dolomite's one of the greatest movies ever made. Damn boom the, the, mic not getting a not getting a screen credit. Yes. <laughs> Radio Drome. Welcome to a racially contentious episode of Radio Drome. I am Josh Hadley. With me, as always, is the you might not know. Maybe he's black, but maybe he's white. Cecil. I might also be Asian. You might be, but I I know for a fact you're not. Well, yeah, that's why I said might. And we have the Serbian, so I'm pretty sure there's not black Serbs, huh, there, Pete? Um, well, I personally sexually identify as an attack helicopter, so. <laughs> I knew that was coming. If, if you guys want to sexually identify as something, you go to adamandeve.com. You use the promo code DROME, D-R-O-M-E, and you will get 50% off of a single item, three free DVDs, a free sex swing, and free U.S. shipping. Just use the promo code DROME at adamandeve.com. Tonight, we're going to talk about racial politics in film. Now, this is all obviously set upon on the Black Panther movie, which, as we're recording this, opens in a few days. So none of us have seen it. So any opinions we make are based on all the bullshit that's going on around it. They have politicized, racially politicized this movie to the point where I almost don't want to see it anymore. It's become, if you have any minor complaints about Black Panther movie from the critics who've already seen it, you're a racist. There was an Irish website that had some complaints. They overall liked the movie, but they complained about a couple of elements. They're being labeled as racist because they don't think that this Black Panther movie is an absolute perfect Oscar contender, best movie ever made. It's got to be because you hate black people. It's uh, it's really polarizing. And uh, Black Panther is one I've been looking forward to as well. Like, I, I really like that character. I've, I've dug Black Panther since uh, since I was a kid. Always thought he was a very interesting character and felt like he did deserve to be represented in a movie with every other character that we've, you know, we, we see all these guys all the time. Hulk and Captain America and Thor and all these people. They've, they've been um, marketed in, in films for almost 20 years. So it's cool to see uh, Black Panther their step up but it, it, the more and more i hear about the the movie and the the critics about it and the test audiences and the fact that it was a hundred percent on rotten tomatoes as soon as it it hit test audiences and hit uh, test critics and, and all that stuff and and now that it's it's down to what like 98 97 percent and it's due to racism that it's it's scores dropping i mean every superhero movie on rotten tomatoes is like a solid 60 or 70 which is still pretty good for superhero movies it's not because of racism it's because the superhero films aren't exactly oscar contenders they're they're popcorn fare and that's kind of what they're what they're always going to be other than the few exceptions that get really accepted by mass audiences you know like uh, like dark knight and and movies like that but not every superhero movie is going to be a dark knight and i'm you know i, I know i'm jumping the 
gun. I haven't seen the movie yet, but I'm fairly certain Black Panther isn't really a contender uh, with something like that. It's it's some because it, it's part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I mean, these movies are more more fun. They're more campy, um, other than the occasional like dark one. But I don't think it's going to be really anything innovative. Um, I mean, if you want to call it anything, it's it's one of the first Marvel movies with an almost entirely black cast. But even that's not true. There's still a couple white guys in it. I mean, I mean, I'm looking forward to it. I'm going to watch it. Um, I'm going to go into it with a completely open mind. I'm not going to go in wanting to hate it or wanting to love it. I'm going to go in expecting to enjoy it, which is what I do with with every you know of these superhero movies, be it the DC ones, be it the Marvel ones. And I, I tend to come out feeling pretty entertained and, and sometimes more than more than average. So I'm looking forward to it, but I absolutely hate what's uh, what's going on with the whole political climate of it because superhero movies sh- shouldn't have this happening to it where you get deemed a, a racist or a sexist um, if you don't like a certain movie. Like if you didn't enjoy Wonder Woman, you're a sexist. If you didn't enjoy Black Panther, you're a racist. Well, it's like, well, I enjoyed the hell out of Wonder Woman and I also really like the Iron Man movies and I like Batman versus Superman and Man of Steel and I loved Cyborg and in Justice League. So if I end up not liking Black Panther, it's probably because it was a, just a shitty movie overall in terms of writing and directing. It has nothing to do with who's in it. I'm somebody who will do a sing and song dance for Blade all day fucking long. I love those, uh, the first two Blade movies, and I feel like because of the success, especially of the first one, not only being a solid uh, superhero movie that, that utilizes more of an obscure hero like Blade, it was R-rated, and it paved the way for something like Deadpool to actually succeed, and for something like the Marvel Cinematic Universe to actually unfold. I mean, this was one of the trailblazers. I mean, I love Blade, and I'm hoping to like Black Panther for the same reasons that I like Blade. I went into it with no political attitude. I didn't give a shit what the race was of the character. I just thought it was an awesome character. When I was a kid, I wanted to be Blade. Maybe I'll want to be Black Panther. Maybe I won't be. Doesn't matter. It All that matters is whether the movie's good or not. I saw a post uh, not too long ago where somebody was talking about this, and they were talking about how uh, back in the 90s, when Blade came out, people went to see it and loved it and they didn't care. Like Wesley Snipes was awesome. And mm-hmm. like that was enough to sell them, you know, they didn't they didn't push the uh, the black angle. They didn't push that this was, you know, a black superhero in this. They pushed the fact that it was a good movie and that Wesley Snipes at the time was awesome. And I still think he's awesome. It, you know, he went through all the tax stuff, but I mean, that's kind of his own fault. But that's that's a whole, you know, it's neither here nor there. Blade was awesome because Wesley Snipes was awesome. And one of the reasons why Blade 3 failed so hard is because they forgot that Blade was awesome and made the movie about everything except for Blade. But and Ryan Reynolds was awful in that movie too everybody was awful even wesley snipes himself uh was said to be high on set the whole time and communicated with the director with post-it notes (laughs) yeah there was a lot of problems with three and i mean because if you like if ryan reynolds was awful in everything then you could say that he you know was awful but really whenever you see a movie where a character where an actor is normally good and all of a sudden they're not good it's probably due to just uh issues with directing and issues with the studio and i actually Kind of, I liked Ryan Reynolds in that, but I mean that movie had a lot of problems. But I we're thought not here he to was talk the only um, he was the only worthwhile part of it. Him and uh, Triple H were hilarious. I grew up reading the Tomb of Dracula comics. Hannibal King was my favorite character from the Tomb of Dracula comics. Whatever the fuck Ryan Reynolds was in that movie was not Hannibal King. They might have he called was it Hannibal much King, playing, uh, but it was Van not. Van Wilder as a monster vampire hunter. Yes, that yeah. was not Hannibal King. That was one of my problems with that. So going back. 
back to the whole Black Panther thing, kind of been semi-vocal about this, just on social media in general. But, you know, not really getting into it because really I just don't feel like dealing with it. I just, I'm frustrated because not so much because of the fact that there is a, a you know, mostly black cast superhero film. Fine, I have zero problem with that. I actually, when I saw them introduce Black Panther in uh, in Civil War, I was like, cool, you know, they're bringing in a new character and we're going to get a, a another, you know, more, another movie in the Marvel Universe. Great. And I just really have gotten over the months disgusted with the angle that they've decided to take with it. Now, it's not so much Disney really taking with it, but they're not really telling people to, to stop. But mm-hmm. all the people that are saying you don't like, I mean, it, it really has come down to people saying literally if you don't like this you're racist if you're a white person you're not allowed to go see this what? uh if oh yeah i've seen, seen those posts too yeah the, i i saw i saw one on a, a comic website that was written by a black guy and he made this very clear so i'm not assuming he was saying that black panther is our movie for a change and you oh, don't get to Lord. participate yeah. Wow. And, okay. And yeah, because we we've been uh you know forcing black people not to go to any of the Captain America movies or Iron Man or anything. And there's we've never been, been saying... bla- and there's never been good black movies before because I'm sorry. No. There's a lot of great black centric movies out there, guys. Of course there there's tons, and it just it baffles me that this is the angle that they're taking. It's really they're acting like this. Like it started off where they were like, well, this is the first black superhero movie. And then people started pointing out, well, no, that's really Blade Spawn. Uh, you know, if you want to get, if you want to go back further, you could go Meteor Man, you could go Blank Man, you could go Human Tornado if you want to get really technical. But it's like, so then they, they put it, well, this is the first, uh, Marvel black superhero. And it's like, no, that's Blade. Nope. <laughs> and then it's like, well, this is the first blockbuster. So, and it's like, they keep adding, like, they did the uh, same adjectives. thing with Star Trek. Rem- remember when Star Trek diversity came out it's the first black led star trek series and then all of a sudden i'm like uh, avery brooks would like a word with you and then like oh it's the first female led star trek series it's like um, no janeway kate mulgrew would like a word with first black female led um nichelle nichols and they were so desperate to go this is a first god damn it and it's like, how no, is it that we're no, living in such, I, I don't get how we're living in such an age of ignorance when we have the fucking internet. We're in the age of information and people are choosing to be this goddamn ignorant. The, the thing is, it's, I really feel that, uh, largely because of how, you know, nerddom and geek stuff has blown up within the past like 10 years or so that you've got people that really have gone through college are now journalists and whatnot that have only gotten into this stuff recently because it's really recently become so mainstream and Mm -hmm. so their point of reference only goes back so far and one more point i want to make before moving on over the whole 100 percent on rotten tomatoes which is one of the things why i think that rotten tomatoes like still as an aggregator it just aggregator it it's flawed you've got Movies like Psycho did not get 100%. It got a 97%. Apocalypse Now got a 96%. The Thing got an 83%. The Dark Knight, which is heralded as the gold standard for superhero movies, got a 94%. The thing is, I am not saying that Black Panther is is a bad movie. I'm not saying that it's going to be a bad movie. I obviously have not seen it yet, so I can't say whether or not it is. But the fact that you've got people that were so angry 
that it was not, you know, keeping its 100% good across the board thing that, that they were saying it was Trump's America. That was the, to blame from even the though Irish the website. first guy. Yeah. From the Irish website. And now it's got two more bad ratings, both from Australia. But I do think that is partially very telling that every single review that's come out of America has been positive. I'm sure it's probably a very good movie, but I can't see it being like this perfect thing. If it is great i will i will eat my words i'll be like you know what it absolutely deserves its solid rating but i have a feeling that it's probably a lot like from what i've read it seems like it's like a lot of the other marvel films you watch it it's entertaining and then you promptly forget about it so i mean but that's fine i mean a lot i mean that is that is a solid okay you know what that was a good movie but for them to herald this like it's the second coming of christ the well, god not even the second the first coming of christ this is the first <laughs> black superhero movie when it clearly is not it's the first all black casted movie when it's not it's there they they're so desperate to call it things that it's not instead of just being like hey isn't this great we made a really big superhero movie and it's got a black cast awesome we've reached that point where it, it shouldn't even be a thing and they're forcing it down everybody's throat and that's kind of making me disgusted with the film and it's a shame because it's through no fault of the film itself like i like the director i like the people that are involved i should very well want to see this movie but because of outside forces telling me that i am a racist for questioning the fact that this is not the first superhero you know black superhero film it makes me it makes me less and less interested in it and in all honesty now again i'm i'm, I'm not judging it just by, based on the trailer but some of chadwick boseman based on his performance in civil war i don't like him as a lead in this in civil war he was stiff he was wooden the trailer seems to indicate more of this on the other hand it seems like michael b jordan and angela Bassett, and it seems like the supporting cast is really good in this i think chadwick boseman is a an awful actor and i and i think it's his choices because i watched the behind the scenes on black panther and he's energetic and charismatic and then as soon as he t'challa mode he's i never miss i never freeze and it's i, I don't know why he, he's like this character is not supposed to be charismatic because i remember when they were trying to make a black panther movie in the late 1990s when wesley snipes was hot after blade he was trying to do this wesley snipes would have brought a goddamn charisma to lord t'challa chadwick boseman mm -hmm. is just a giant brick of would whereas contrast that with again we've only seen it from the trailers look at how much fun and energetic michael b jordan looks like he is as the damn villain michael b jordan completely won me over in creed like he like you're saying was so charismatic was so good was so likable i like i love this guy oh no, no i, I agree because so... he was awful in fantastic four great in creed well, Fantastic Four had its own problems aside from, I mean, it wasn't, you know, but, uh, I think, and, and I, I actually thought that he was likable in Fantastic Four. I think he's just a likable guy. It probably came down to a lot. I mean, I don't know if, um, if they picked the, uh, the roles or whatnot, or if they chose Michael B. Jordan specifically to be the bad guy. But I know a lot of times when you have actors, I mean, Michael B. Jordan is a bigger name than, uh, Chadwick Boseman. And it's the same director I think as that, Creed, though, so he probably br just brought him over because he had worked with him before. Being that it was the director of Creed, he may have, you know, there may have been some kind of, hey, uh, do you want to be the good guy or the bad guy? It's, if you talk to so many actors, way more fun to be the bad guy. Yeah. So, and you can be more charismatic 
quick because you can be the evil mustache twirling bad guy. So it's very possible <laughs> that uh, when a lot of this was coming together, I don't know how far in advance they were talking to uh, to the director of Creed to, uh, to to take over Black Panther. But I know that Disney's, you know, Marvel machine has a lot of wheels in place may have come, you know, a while ago and uh, when they were lining them up. But I think that that's probably the thing is that you have the very serious stoic hero and you've got the, you know, essentially Loki mustache twirling bad guy. And I think Michael B. Jordan may end up stealing the movie. He may end up being the guy who is like, all right, you know what? This was good largely because of him. I mean, he's somebody who I like a whole lot and uh, I, I want to see him in more stuff. So uh, I hope that this kind of does help to uh, to blow him up to make him even uh, you know an even bigger name. I, I do have one weird thing though. And again, just based on the trailers and the behind and all the clips that they've released, is it weird that Andy Circus looks like he's also charismatic as hell? The the one white guy on the cast wouldn't it be funny if he gives the best performance in the film? Would, would that kind of <laughs> undercut it all? Well, I mean, it's, you know what though, uh, you look, I mean, I've seen Andy Serkis in some bad movies and he's always the, the bright spot. He's always, you know, a charmer. So I don't know necessarily if, uh, if he's going to be the standout, but I think that he's going to be one of the things that a lot of people like about the film. Oh, I think the villain's definitely going to steal this one. The way, um, Black Panther is being played is quite middle of the road. Like your typical stoic hero doesn't really, there, there's one thing to be stoic and there's another thing to be boring and it seems like he's kind of kind of boring um, but I mean we haven't seen the full movie yet he might bring something new to the table but I think I think the villain is is definitely going to steal this one it, well and then you've also got people saying that this movie is an Oscar contender next year blah 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 and I'm thinking it's a man in a cat suit running around flipping cars I don't think this is going to be nominated for anything besides technical Oscars Sorry. well they keep trying to get Oscars for these uh, superhero movies that they're claiming are, are breaking ground like they were like oh Deadpool needs to win an Oscar oh <laughs> Wonder Woman really needs to win an Oscar uh, Black Panther no none of them need to win an Oscar the, the fact that they're saying need because they think these movies are breaking some new ground is ridiculous and then turning around and saying something like uh, three billboards over Ebbing Missouri don't deserve to because there's a kind of a racist character in it who well ultimately ends up having a pretty great arc and, and sees the error of his ways and teaches audience is that racism is taught and can be unlearned uh, a movie like that doesn't deserve it because it's it's saying there's a, a racist in the film we need to explain that right now there is a there is a movement about trying to have the oscars revoke the nomination for three billboards outside of ebbing missouri why two reasons and this is all started by Entertainment Weekly. They're the ones who started this, and then they got the ball rolling, and then Reddit picked it up, and it, you know, turned into a fuck fest. They're saying because Sam Rockwell's character is a racist, he's violent, he's childish, and the fact that the movie even attempts to redeem his character and show that he can grow is saying that racism can be unlearned. The Entertainment Weekly posited that racism is so deeply ingrained, it needs to be stomped out. And then they're also complaining that not enough black people in the movie. There are two black characters in Three Billboards. One of them is an extremely nice guy who helps out Francis McDormand, and the other one is the black captain that comes in after, after Woody Harrelson. There's and actually three. There's three black characters. There's also the, the black woman that Sam Rockwell arrests. 
Oh right. And they're all depicted as as good characters. You know, you as you said, and you he got the black her captain. Over pretty good too, as a way to yeah. screw with Francis McDormand. That's right. Yeah, he he doesn't do it out of racism. He does it more to get her attention. Also being manipulated by his mom. So I mean, the the whole point of his character in Three Billboards is that he realizes he's a piece of shit and needs to change. Mm -hmm. That's a good message. But no, Entertainment Weekly has started this ball rolling that that's a bad message to send. That's saying that that your past actions don't impact your future. Oh, f*** you, Entertainment Weekly. It's just, it's frustrating because I, I had ran into that where people were, I had seen, they were saying people were booing Sam Rockwell because he played a racist. It's like, do you not understand what acting is? Like, he's not really that guy, you know, just like, you know, just like people are not superheroes. People are not. I don't know. Like, Rudy Ray Moore right, might really have been. Well, Rudy Ray Moore, <laughs> you know, well, he might be, I, I think in his head, he was Dolomite. And you know what? I love him for it because Dolomite's one of the greatest movies ever made damn boom like not getting a not getting a screen credit yes <laughs> it certainly should have oh my god enough. it was it was in his fro a few times <laughs> i love dolomite i just can't understand people that they don't like when when there's that willful ignorance when they're not understanding that uh just because like they, i've i've seen this before unfortunately and it's escaping me who it was he played that character a little too well it's like well maybe he's just a really good actor you he know? is a really good actor but it's like he's not a, he's not a racist he's not or or if you have like a, a murderer or whatever it, it just it blows my mind that people are are being so ignorant i guess it, i mean i it, it may have been boiling up for a while i, I I think it has because uh, it just got to this point. We, we need we need to move on to Get Out now. Get Out has got an Oscar nomination, and I absolutely believe it does not deserve one. Get Out was a you, you want to talk about middle of the road. It was an okay movie at best. Yet somehow it became this flashpoint for this is what black horror cinema should be, man. No, and then Jordan Peele is being heralded as this black Rod Serling, literally to the point where he's being given the Twilight Zone now. And I'm going, guys, have you never seen Kean Peele or Keanu or anything? These movies are okay. The TV show is okay at best. I'm sorry, Jordan Peele is not the next Rod Serling. But because of the current political culture, saying this is racist, apparently. I have actually been called a racist because I didn't put Get Out on my best films of 2017 list. That They're like, you must be a racist because you didn't think this movie was fantastic. No, it was just okay. I also didn't put it on my worst list of the year. Why? Because it was okay. Sorry, Get Out's not an Oscar contender, and it shouldn't be. And I think in any other year, it wouldn't be. I really liked Get Out. I don't know if uh it should win an Oscar, but I really enjoyed it quite a bit. I thought it was one of the one of the better horror movies to come out, at least uh, mainstream wise, in recent time. And I think Jordan Peele really proved that he's more than just a comedy guy. I think that's something he's likely been wanting to do for a long time. It's a movie I've been wanting to watch again too, because I really liked it the 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 first time around. I think you're being a little little harsh on it. I think he'd be fine doing a, a Twilight Zone property because Get Out kind of felt like that. It sort of felt like an old episode of uh, Twilight Zone or or Outer Limits. I I really enjoyed it a lot. Oh, because this 
this is so groundbreaking. It's a, it's a black horror film. It's a black this. It's, it's, you're politicizing it, which is, is in a way kind of undercutting what Jordan Peele did. He, he set out to make a good horror film. It's, it's the same thing with, uh, the Academy wanting to classify his film as a comedy. And he was pissed off about that too. He was, he was like, no, I set out to make a horror film. And they're like, no, you made a comedy because horror films are frowned upon. We can't, we can't do that in the Academy. So it's like, it, the movie's just getting fucked over from all sides because you've got people politicizing the shit out of, the, the shit out of it and separating people. And then you've got the Academy calling it a comedy when Peel himself clearly set out to make and did make a really solid horror film. One of, one of my favorite films of that year. I saw Get Out in the Theater and I saw Get Out on, uh, on home video and I liked it. But I mean, after I saw it in the theater the first time, I walked out of the theater and I was like, you know what? That was a pretty good movie. Enjoying it. I thought it was entertaining. I thought it was a cool spin, but, uh, really was just, there was an episode of the Twilight Zone and there was a movie called The Skeleton Key. And it really was just a variation on that. Like there wasn't anything, uh, massively original about it. However, I understand I have no problem with that because a lot of some, some of my favorite movies are movies that are shameless ripoffs or knockoffs of something else. And I'm not calling this a shameless ripoff, but really it is very similar. It is not 100% original. Mm. And I was a little frustrated with how it was just treated as this like groundbreaking, amazing thing. This is such a, a pivotal moment for, uh, for black horror. And I'm like, haven't any of you ever seen Tales from the Hood? Haven't you seen Attack from the Block? Like there, there's been a lot of black horror films over the years. And I think that that's doing again, like they're doing with Black Panther. You're doing a disservice to the films that have come prior by acting like this is now in 2018, the first of its kind when really it's not. Is it very good? Yes. Is it an Oscar t- contender? Eh, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I enjoyed it, but, um, it's not something thing I see myself going back to again and again. I've seen it twice now. I enjoyed it both times, but I really don't think that I, I need to go back and watch it. You know, I might go back and watch it again in a few years, but uh, it's not something I feel the need to, to see over and over. To, what they did with a very little amount of money and not a huge marketing push was was great. They were able to uh, to get that out there. Get, you know, no, <laughs> get that out if it doesn't, if Get Out does not win the Best Picture Oscar, will that be another Oscar so white? Or will it be just, again, this is my opinion, just not an Oscar movie? Like, the Oscar so white thing pissed me off right off the bat. Remember from a few years ago. I went and looked at all the films that came out that year. I didn't see one solid black-centric film that deserved an Oscar nomination that year. Now, the following year, Moonlight winning, although, you know, tech, with a lot La La Land thing. Moonlight deserved its Oscar nomination. You shouldn't be forced to nominate black films just for diversity's sake. Mm -hmm. In in the Oscar So White year, there was no black films worth nominating. The following year, Moonlight was fantastic and it deserved all the nominations it got and the win it got. Absolutely. I I don't think Moonlight was a diversity Oscar win. It deserved it. Just the fact that Oscar So White became such a big deal. Go back and look. Show me one black film from that year that deserved an Oscar nomination. You know why you can't? Because there weren't any that year. That's not racism. 
wait a minute. Are you telling me that a Medea Halloween is not Oscar worthy? Look, look, <laughs> I, I know this is a controversial <laughs> opinion, but yes, I'm, I'm going to put that out there, Cecil. It was not an Oscar film. Oh, it certainly was not. Uh, yeah, I, I think that that's really frustrating. And again, it now, what I think they don't seem to understand what they're doing is they're making it so that now, even if a movie like Moonlight wins, it doesn't win on its own merits. And I'm not saying that it doesn't deserve it. What I'm saying is that, that it places the seed of doubt in people's heads. Did this movie win because it deserved to win? Or did this movie win because the previous year we had the, you know, Oscars so white and they felt like they should give it to this? So I think that that really does a major disservice to Moonlight because now it, it will always be the movie where you got a lot of people that don't think it deserves it, that think that it was given the Oscar as like, here's your, you know, here's your diversity Oscar. And instead of it standing on its own two feet and being like this one because it's that good of a movie. Let's talk about our, the black movies us three white guys love, or, or black actors, to kind of offset all of this anger we've had at how they're politicizing all this. Like me, I, I don't know about you guys, although I'm pretty sure Cecil will agree with me because I know he watched this. When I was growing up, Spencer for Hire was a big show. I didn't watch Spencer for Hire for Robert Urich. I watched it for Avery goddamn Brooks. Hawk. Mm. Yeah. It was the reason you watched Spencer for Hire and then and then he got his own spin-off show for a season. I'm sorry. Robert Yurick is fine in the show. He's not what drew me. This shaven-headed, goateed, badass motherfucker Avery Brooks is why I loved Spencer for Hire, man. Absolutely. Uh, like, I mean, uh, to be to I'm a little different. Uh I think that Spencer for Hire was the boring part of the show i wanted hawk i'm like this guy is great this this tall bald charismatic dude i didn't give a crap that he was black i mean and now they're pulling the whole well if if you don't see color you're racist how that that is the new thing that blows my mind i'm not looking at somebody i mean it, it, like on the you know the, i'm looking at the content of their character not that what is it the the content of the character not the color of their skin or whatever but i mean that's that comes down to the very epitome of not being a racist. I don't care what color they are. If they are a good person, I look at them as a good person. If they are a good actor, I look at them as a good actor. I don't look at them on the, oh, well, that guy uh, is black or, you know, that guy is white. That guy is Asian, whatever. I am not focusing on their race. I am focusing on what the person is or what the person delivers to and the role. Hawk is just and badass. Hawk was awesome. I freaking, I, that's the thing. I, I didn't see it when it was on. I saw it in syndication, but I was tuning in for Avery Brooks. And when they were the episodes that were a little bit more Spencer focused, I was like, eh. you know, like, except, <laughs> except what kind of happened was there are certain characters as strong as the Hawk character was when he got his own show and the, the, and the stories moved to Washington. There's a reason it only lasted one season. He needs that sort of bland character to play off of. Hawk Hawk is that a classic case of the supporting character that's the favorite character that really just doesn't work on their own. A Man Called Hawk was a good show, but you go back and look at Hawk's stuff on Spencer for Hire and you're like, he's way stronger playing off of Spencer than as the lead, though, unfortunately. Well, I think it also, it came down to, they need, you know, it, it's a matter of writing and it's a matter of focus and whatnot. I think that had the show have been focused primarily on Hawk with Spencer being the uh the the additional sidekick. character being the sidekick it probably would have been stronger so if they would have had a man 
called Hawk and then maybe had it with Spencer being the sidekick, it would have worked because you would have had the, uh, the, you, know, you would have had the dullard along to make him seem even more cool. So I think it, it's just there, there are various factors at play there. Also the fact now I love Avery Brooks, but he got control of a man called Hawk. And that might have been one of the problems is he changed the character quite a bit. He gave him like a CIA background and all this shit kind of to a degree. Once he got his own show, it was kind of a different character. Avery Brooks was too close to it because Avery Brooks was a producer and head writer on a man called Hawk. So that was his show. And I was really disappointed that once he got control, the quality went down. That kind of hurt a little bit. Well, I also think I've seen a lot of interviews with Avery Brooks and he seems kind of eccentric. So I think that's that a way having... to put it for drunk. Yes. He has, he has a drinky drinky <laughs> problem and has for I'm about 30 years being polite. <laughs> He's eccentric, but I think that that's why you do need to have a disconnect. You need to have a, you know, a writer, a, I mean, it's one thing to be involved in the product. It's another thing to take over said product and yeah. make it into something that it's really not supposed to be. So I think that him all making alterations, there wasn't anybody there to tell him, Hey, this is a bad idea and there's a reason why it only lasted one season is because it was a lot of bad ideas and they I think they just kind of went with it and it failed. I'm going to go with Michael Jai White. Michael Jai White's a good choice I will too. watch anything with Michael Jai White in it. In fact I just did yes. uh, a couple nights ago the Scott Atkins film Accident Man. I did watch for Scott Atkins. That's a movie I've been following uh, production of but I was even happier to see that Michael Jai White was in it because that guy always brings a lot of charisma. He His Fight choreography is fantastic. He's a really underrated actor, but he, but he's the guy I've always wanted to see get uh, utilized a little higher in in Hollywood. And I, I always uh, I always kind of hate saying that because I feel like it's also somewhat of an of an insult to the actor because it's like, well, he's working, and I'm sure he'd uh, he'd hate to be told that because it's like, well. You, I'm still trying to work as much as I can. First time I encountered him, he was a beat cop on a, like a four episode arc of NYPD Blue, and, and he oh, wow. stood out right even then. Yeah, he's I, always been a standout mm-hmm. uh, actor. He has um a really solid uh, charisma to him, and a lot of the straight to video stuff he's doing is, is fantastic. Like one that I recommend to anybody when I sort of mention him and they haven't really heard of him much or haven't seen him in anything beyond say Spawn or or Universal Soldier Two or technically. Universal Soldier 4. I'll always recommend stuff like Blood and Bone, Undisputed 2, movies like that where he really has a, a chance to shine. Even even movies like, uh, I believe it's called Skin Trade, and it's it's primarily a Dolph Lundgren film, but Michael Jai White plays a great uh, villain in that one. I've seen the trailer but, for that. Yeah, that's that's a good one. Um, that's like kind of, a, that movie's like an echelon of some of the best of the best uh, character actors. But Michael Jai White's a guy I've always really liked ever since I was a kid. I remember seeing Spawn in theaters and that was I think that was a movie to see when you were younger and in a movie theater because you're absolutely seeing it with uh, rose tinted shades but I had always really liked him as as the character and always felt like he deserved to come back for a better adaptation of the character and I still I still feel like he could because he's still in fantastic shape and he's still regularly doing movies so I have really really good memories of, of seeing him for the first time on a big screen which was in Spawn and then later on uh, seeing him in Universal Soldier the return which he absolutely stole that film uh from van damme Agreed. as the uh evil like seth. <laughs> half robot half unisol i believe it was uh i think his name was like joshua seth 
and he was great. He was really, really good in that. And and even though I hadn't hadn't seen Universal uh, Universal Soldier: The Return in a while, he still stands out to me as one of the most memorable parts. So he's uh, he's somebody I really want to see in in more stuff. And I'm really looking forward to Black Dynamite too, because you know what? If we can't have him as as Black Panther or Luke Cage or any major Marvel character, at least give me some more give me some more goddamn Black Dynamite. Black Dynamite was freaking great. I thought Black yes, Dynamite it was. was a hilarious. That's one I frequently watch. I, I adore Michael Jai White as well. Uh, my introduction to him was uh, Spawn, and I'm like, okay, this guy, I like he he was charismatic, he was good, he brought a lot to the role, and even though you really didn't see his face a lot of the film, and you even a lot of it was still uh, you know barbecued, uh, his head was barbecued. He was amazing in the movie. Uh, he elevated the like the movie. I thought was good, but he made it like I mean he was great in it mm-hmm. um and him in black dynamite is just brilliant he is awesome i i just cannot he's like, the reincarnation wait. of rudy ray moore he certainly <laughs> is and but i mean that's what he was going for the whole i mean with the, with the boom mic falling into shot and like i mean it is absolutely you know a complete satire of dolomite and it's a satire uh, even the cartoon becomes uh and in my opinion does become a real movie like it's it's an example of how to do that right because the character is actually a badass and he's actually awesome and the fight scenes in the movie are actually really really good and everything is so genuinely 70s that you often forget you're actually watching a satire film which i think a lot of people that are that are making those kind of movies in hollywood need to take some notes from uh, black dynamite exactly because yeah. as, as good as i'm gonna get you sucker is black dynamite does it way better well i'm gonna get you sucker is terrific i think it is really funny but it is a lot are, more lampooning who, who are of, these guys behind you it's my theme music no black superhero can go anywhere without his theme music right? yeah that's pretty that's bludgeoning the audience over the head whereas black dynamite had some really nice subtle things like occasionally you'd see a boom mic or you'd have um uh the actors reading out the actions with their lines like uh who's in charge here sarcastically i'm in charge <laughs> which is obviously the action like you're meant to say it sarcastically which they would do in some of those older movies, like, and they would just roll with it because fuck it, film is expensive. Yeah, just keep, you know, we'll we'll just we'll fix it, and then oh wait, no, we can't fix it. <laughs> <laughs> but then okay, I want to talk about black exploitation, but before that, there's one other black actor I think gets just overlooked constantly. Thankfully, he is in big budget Hollywood, and I think every time I've seen Jaimin Hunsu in a movie, he is amazing. Even if it's something like like the island, he was the best character when he makes that heel turn to become a no well he's not a good guy to help the the good guys at the end and he gives that speech and shows that scar on his hand and he knows what it's like to be a slave in africa i'm like holy shit i welled up with that man look at him mm. in amistad mm-hmm. and blood diamond and so many other movies jaiman hunsu is just amazing i've never seen him in something where he's not fantastic when you need a gigantic imposing character <laughs> jaiman hunsu he is like I've seen movies, uh, like he was in, uh, he was the trainer in Never Back Down. He towered over everybody, and it was like, okay, I have no problem believing that this guy could kill everyone here easily. Like, <laughs> I mean, he's amazing, and I mean, such a good actor. And from everything that I've heard, is such a like really genuinely cool guy. The most like the guy who could beat you unconscious, but also Won't. the sweet 
really genuine, nice guy, you know, will help an old lady across the street kind of guy. So yeah, he's another one who I'm with you, man. I freaking love him and everything that I've seen him in. He's great. And he is in a lot of big movies, but he's always like, he's the supporting character in a big yeah. movie. But you've got a lot, I mean, there have been actors and whatnot who've said, you don't want to be the star. You want to be a character actor. If you want to continue to work in Hollywood and never have to worry about a role or whatnot, be a character actor. And I think that's, that's really so where he's coming in as. You've got somebody like him. You've got somebody like Samuel L. Jackson. You've got somebody like Ernie Hudson. They're fantastic in everything, but they are very seldom the star. And that's well, yeah, kind of like even uh, like Michael Ironside or, or Michael Rooker, other Michaels, I guess. John um, Saxon. Yeah, John Saxon. Yeah, they, they'll, um, they've kind of always been the secondary guy, but they've almost always or even actually always uh, do uh, steal the show especially in the case of uh, of Michael Ironside and John Saxon and I think it's uh it's definitely the the case with how do you how do you pronounce his name Jaiman Jaiman Hansu I don't think I've ever actually said his name Jaiman Hansu Jaiman Hansu he is awesome and Blood Diamond was uh a movie I I didn't see as soon as it came out I kind of found out about it a, a few months uh after it had come on uh on video and like DVD and stuff and, and checked it out and that was such a good fucking movie that was my introduction to him he would have been great for for black panther now that i think about it i i think he's a like, little too tall i think he's actually too big because the whole i think kind of the point of black panther of t'challa is he's not as imposing i think jaiman hunsu would be like casting shaquille o'neal he's just too big i don't know if he's <laughs> i'm looking at pictures of him standing next to like leonardo dicaprio he's not that tall if you can make tom cruise look tall you can make jaiman hunsu look a little shorter then we got to talk about black exploitation because with this whole I, I, i'm going to call it a, a new black film renaissance and i don't mean that in a negative way or a pejorative way with this whole new black film renaissance you have people re-examining all the black exploitation films in a negative way and i don't like this you have people mm. looking at like the shaft in africa and dolomite and all the fred williamson post-apocalyptic flicks and all that and they they look at those as man these really didn't help black cinema move forward you yes they did they were great movies i grew up they watching were. these For they were adored by by like uh caucasians and black people and like everybody alike uh really like those movies it's, it's the same thing with uh with like bollywood films and like hong kong uh, martial arts films and stuff like it, it was a really great way to introduce the the, the the sort of non-majority to to other black actors and and do like more black centric films and i really loved that genre and a lot of people really love it and i think it should be f***ing celebrated because what are you doing then you're you're rewriting history and essentially saying oh no all that stuff was was wrong this is where it really starts now don't fucking George Lucas history, okay? I was reading an article that said Blackula set back black horror oh, films more than a decade. And I'm like, did you yeah, ever right. see Blackula? Blackula's honestly a good movie. Now, Scream, Blackula, mm. Scream, not so much. But Blackula <laughs> is a solid goddamn movie, people. Yes, mm. there are the mm. afros and the things like that, but Dawn of the Dead had afros in it. You can't escape that. It was made in the 70s. White guys had afros in the 70s. 
these. Exactly. Like they're they're completely like missing. That's that's another thing that really drives me nuts now. They completely are missing also the cultural context. They're looking at things through the lens of today instead of how things were then. And even still, it's like how can you call a move, you know, black exploitation? They're like, oh, it's exploiting black people. It's like it's really just a framing device. It's a you know, I mean, there's exploitation, there is non-exploitation. It is there are so many different exploitations. But mm-hmm. the thing is, how can you say that a movie starring black people, written by black people, directed by black people, unless black it was people a Larry in the Cohen crew, film. unless it was a Larry Cohen film? But Larry Cohen, he like he worked like he was a big proponent of getting a lot of that. I mean, uh, Hell Up in Harlem and uh, Black Caesar. Black Caesar. Well, Black Caesar was was Hell Up in Harlem Part One, but um, I mean, he did a lot of those kinds of movies and helped black cinema. And I think that it's ridiculous to look at it from you know, oh, this is racist or uh, wait, it's like okay, so you're calling a black a bunch of black people racist? Like, how do you not see how stupid that is? When Heavy Traffic and Coonskin came out, the Ralph Bakshi films, they were boycotted as being racist. I don't mean black film goers, uh, black critics, uh, people like Al Sharpton and all that. Whereas your normal black people on the street, they loved them and they said, this is actually a reflection of what it's like living in a ghetto. And Al Sharpton's like, this is a negative image of African Americans! And the actual African Americans were going, no, it's not. This is actually pretty dead on, you dumb shit. <laughs> but, but then you also have, there's a weird movie from the black exploitation era that's not a black exploitation film that was way more popular with black people, and that's the fourth Planet of the Apes film. The, that film played better in inner cities and ghettos than it did in white areas. And in a weird way, you can kind of see, you know what, for mid-1970s, I can see why this spoke to, you know, the lower ech- the lower financial echelon of uh, black society. In a weird way, is it funny that, yes, I know black people are often conflated with apes, but the fourth Apes movie is a very black empowerment movie, if you think about it? Well, I haven't, uh, I haven't seen it in a, in a while. There was maybe, a... Maybe go I'm into sorry. specifics. It's about the, the underclass, the slave class being used to do all the manual labor, uprising over their mostly white overlords and taking society back. <laughs> do you see how that maybe hit a chord in the mid-70s? Yeah, yeah, I could see that. There was a, uh, I, I can't, it's been a while though, this just popped into my head because you mentioned Planet of the Apes, but um, when the, the most recent one came out, uh, they had in the trailer and they had the one ape wearing uh, the blue jacket. Oh, I remember that. And there was the one black guy on Twitter that was like, how dare they appropriate the jacket style that I wear and, and uh, make this racist movie. Meanwhile, it was the jacket from the character in the original movie and that they were remaking. And on top of the fact, he's not seeing how he is being racist himself by conflating apes with black people. It's it is, again, mind blowing. It's like, do you not see how ridiculous you're being? You are looking for racism and making up things when there's no racism there. It's just you being ignorant of the original property where this came from. What what jacket are they talking about? The the one smart ape. Well, they're all smart, but the one that was like a specific character. uh, Caesar? No, no, it, it was no, like no, C- no. one of Caesar's sidekicks. 
I mean, I can, I, I can send it to you later, but he's wearing like this, he's wearing like a, like a, um, one of those puffy jackets. It's a very like distinct looking yeah, jacket. It's also it's a meant- jacket that became associated with the Black Lives Matter movement because a lot of black people during Black Lives Matter marches were wearing that jacket. The public thought this movie is trying to make, uh, you know, black people are apes reference with, oh look, he's wearing Black Lives Matter clothes. And it's like, no, that's not what it is. You, you people are looking for controversy where there isn't any. It is like it is directly from the first movie, or not from the from the original from the original movie, franchise the, from the original, the original thank you, from the, the original French from the original franchise. Yes, which is obviously the reference they were trying to do. Which again, I think these these movies are meant to be like prequels or something, right? Uh, we'll, we'll get into that in a whole different episode, but that's debatable. <laughs> you have some people that say these lead up to the original trilogy, but it doesn't line up, and I'm not going to get into that tonight. People that look for controversy, like there was a a black journalist who I saw a tweet from just the other day that outright said, if you don't think Black Panther is perfect, you are a racist. And I said, no, you are a racist for thinking that. Yeah. Now, we haven't seen the movie. Again, maybe this will be a very good movie. Maybe it'll be a middle-of-the-road movie. Now, personally, I haven't liked a single Marvel movie, so I will be shocked if the one that I do like is Black Panther. So odds are I'm going to come out of this movie going, eh. And yeah. does that make me a racist that I also didn't like Thor Ragnarok or Iron Man 3 or The Avengers? Am I a racist for not liking those movies the same as I probably am not? gonna like black panther that that said i want to like black panther i want it makes you a grump ah quiet you (laughs) (laughs) i i I would love to walk out of black panther and go you know what that was amazing it's a marvel movie so i don't think that's gonna happen i am trying my best to not let all of these bloggers and uh outrage people color my perception of the film. Nice uh, I, I want the mil I know it's after I said it, I'm like, ugh. But um I, I want to go in and be able to appreciate it for what it is. There was somebody again, uh, another blue check mark tweet, you know, this was one of those, you know, we're we're going to you know, this is our movie, blah blah blah. And there was some guilty person. I initially I'm like, this has to be satire, but then I followed it up and I'm like, oh no, this is an actual person. I understand, you know, how uh white people shouldn't be allowed to see this movie on opening weekend you how awful would it be to breathe white air in the same theater while you're watching this movie uh what would be what would be appropriate can we go can i go see it next weekend and i'm like are you you're bending the knee stop like just fucking stop like it, it i was i was i was like this has to be satire and i'm like no it's not satire you you guilty moron. Everybody, you know what's going to happen though? What's ridiculous of all these people online that are like this is our movie, this is our. And you know what's going to happen? Thursday night, Friday when it opens, there's going to be black, white, Asian, everybody's going to be in the theater and they're probably all going to enjoy it together equally or, you know, I mean there's going to be people who dislike it, but they're going to like it or dislike it on the merits of the movie, not on who is in it. And I really think that that is kind of the cornerstone of all of this is that is how the movie should be. It shouldn't be trying to segregate it should be hey here's a black superhero movie everyone come together and enjoy this 
And unfortunately, I don't think that's going to happen. Now, there will be a small segment that does not like it because it's black. I've heard some of these. There's a guy I work with who was talking about it when they showed one of the trailers on TV. And he's like, I'd be into this movie if it weren't for all this nigger shit in it. And I was just like, oh, my God. There are people like that. We can't deny that there are people like that. People, people like that still do exist, unfortunately. But I mean, that there are, st- I mean, it's, it is a sad reality that we live in. There are going to be racists across the board. There's going to be people that won't see the movie or like you, you know, the, oh, I won't like it because, the, you know, the black guy in it. And it's, it, that is the sad thing. But if you look at the overwhelming amount of people in this country and in this world, there is always going to be assholes. And that is just, we're never going to get rid of assholes. No, we're not. And then that's why we still have this show, because we're the assholes usually. <laughs> In this uh, case, well, though. You're, you're the asshole. I, I am I am the uh, lovable scamp. What does that make Peter, though? I'm a, I'm a bit of a dick. Yeah. yeah you're, Peter's kind of a dick. I'm kind Peter's of a dick. kind of a dick, but nobody will tell him because he will beat the f*** out of them. <laughs> I'm pretty, like, I'm pretty sure I could take you, Josh. You're old. But Peter, oh my, the only thing I would run. I want Black Panther to be good. I want to come out of this movie going, you know what? This is the Marvel movie that turned me around. I just don't think it's going to happen. Where can we find Cecil not being a racist? You can find me not being a racist. I've, and I, I've got the pedigree to prove it. I've talked about Spawn. I've talked about Blade. I've talked about Michael Jai White. I've talked about black actors who I... Love. You can pronounce Jaiman Hunsu. I can pronounce Jaiman Hunsu. I can't pronounce a lot of other things because I'm always getting names and locations wrong. But uh, apparently, uh, that's just, uh, I think I have some sort of weird tick in my head that makes me mispronounce things. But um, I, I do think that it's absurd that, uh, like, just because I don't like hip hop and I don't like Ice Cube, I've had people label me a racist. And I'm like, do you, do you have, uh, you can find me at uh, goodbadflicks.com as well as goodbadflicks on YouTube, Twitter, Twitch, and Facebook. As well as 1201beyond.com. And as I've said before, and I've said it again, if you haven't seen it, you need to watch Dolomite. It is the movie that Black Dynamite was pretty much lampooning, but Dolomite is an amazing film. And I, if if Rudy Ray Moore was still alive today, I would give him a hug because he is f***ing awesome. Peter, where can people find you? Being a dick, but not being a racist. Yeah, yeah, you can definitely find me being a dick, but certainly not racist. At uh, On Twitter, at Cinematica, on uh, YouTube, The Cinematicist, Facebook, The Cinematicist, and uh, 1201beyond.com as well with a, uh, a new video on the way. And you can find me not being a racist at 1201beyond.com. You can contact this show at 1201beyond at gmail.com. And let's see how many of you can pronounce Jaiman Hunsu the first time. Keep one foot in the gutter, one fist in the gold. Have a good night.
going nowhere. We're moving right next door to you. Body count, motherfucker. And if those of you that don't like it can suck. Find it and other great content at 1201beyond.com.